a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is the extended edition of Inside Sources for a Thursday. Hope you're having a great day. And uh, we're here all the way till 3 o'clock today. <laughs> so, and it's a good thing. We've got a lot of ground to cover. And uh, we're going to continue that now. And uh, we're, we're going to have an interesting conversation here. We, you, you hear the term fake news thrown around a lot, uh, obviously back to 2016 and right up to today. Uh, but one of the things that we don't really talk about is what are the long-term impacts of that fake news? What can they be? And there's this whole area of fake memories that happened. And uh, we wanted to get some insight on that. And so we're very pleased to have on the line today from Dublin, Ireland, uh, Dr. Kiara Green. Uh, she is the co-author of a study titled Fake News Can Lead to Fake Memories. Uh, Dr. Green is a, has a Ph.D. in cognitive neuroscience from Trinity College Institute of Neuroscience and is currently the professor of psychology at the University College Dublin, where she heads up the Attention and Memory Lab. Dr. Green, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So give us, a, just for our listeners, give us a, just a little bit of a focus on fake memories first before we layer in the fake news component to this. Uh, describe to our listeners what uh, fake memories are really about. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I suppose the, the first thing to say is the way most people understand memory isn't really the way it works. So if you ask most people to think of, you know, a, a way, a metaphor, a way of describing memory, they might say, you know, it's like a video. You're recording everything that happens and then you can rewind it back and you can see all the events in the same order. Or sometimes what people will say is, well, it's kind of like something like a box you might put up in the attic. And then when you want to retrieve that memory, you go up, you take down that box, you dust it off, you open it up and, and there's your memory. But that's not actually how it works at all. Memory is actually um, a constructive process. So we actually build our memories all the time. And then we kind of break them down and we store them around our brain. And then when you want to remember something again, you reconstruct it. It's like rebuilding a Lego tower from loads of different bricks. So every time we do that, then we, we rebuild it slightly differently and can maybe add in um, little bits of information, that we, we other things that we've learned. Um, maybe you have a kind of a an idea in your mind of an archetype of what your, your Lego tower should look like, and you, you build your memory again to look a little bit like that. So memory just generally is a constructive process, so we're constantly constructing our memory. So your memory isn't really a clear record of everything that happened. It's a, a perspective. It's a construction of what happened. It's like watching a, a reconstruction on TV of a crime. It's not the actual crime itself. It's somebody's version of what happened. Oh. So all of our memories are like that. They're, some, they're a version of what happened. Oh, so one of the side effects of that is that our, we, we develop these false memories. And it's really common. We all have them. I guarantee you have them. 
I, I've lost a lot of my Lego bricks, to be honest, and I step on them every morning <laughs> as I try to reconstruct. But yes, we do. We all have false memories, no question. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, there's lots of things that will influence how likely they are. So one of those is things like age. So any memories, any treasured memories you have from when you were very young, if you were less than about three years old, those are not real memories. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, or things like we can we can influence our people, other people's memories like fairly easily. So um, you might want to think here of um, leading questions in a, in a courtroom situation. Right. The way in which someone presents a question to you can really distort your memory. And we have lots and lots of evidence of that going back to about the 1970s. Uh, that it's that's so uh, interesting because you do see that you see that in the courtroom. Uh, you see that in, in all kinds of scenarios where suddenly this this memory gets constructed and you can actually have a whole group of people start to believe the reconstructed memory and own the reconstructed em- memory. Uh, and so, uh, Dr. Green, I want you to, oh, yeah. to, to connect the dots that, uh, for us there in terms of how those fake mm-hmm. memories might be influenced by fake news. Yeah, so... Um, we've been doing a lot of research over the last few years looking at this. That one of the, the things that happen when, when, you, when you encounter a piece of information, our brains kind of try to decide whether or not this piece of information is something we've encountered before. So is it something familiar? Is it a memory? Or is it something totally new? And we use a couple of kind of different systems to do that. We have one very kind of intuitive, quick system that makes a really fast decision. And we have another system that's a bit slower and more systematic and really thinks through things. Um, and most of the time we rely on that really, really quick judgment. We make these kind of quick assessments like, yep, yeah, this feels familiar, this feels real. And then we say, oh, that must be a real memory. And then we start to construct that real memory. We start to build in details about it. So that can happen in all kinds of ways. Like somebody says to you, hey, do you remember that picnic we took to the beach last year? And you kind of go, oh, yeah, that, that sort of sounds familiar. Yeah, I, you know, I've taken picnics before. And then before you know it, you're building up a memory of, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I remember I, we were there and Tom was there and we had a barbecue. And, you know, it didn't happen at all, but you built up that memory. And that can happen just the same if we present you with a, a news story and say, do you remember this event that happened? And you go, oh, that sounds familiar. That sounds like something that would happen. And you build that up. Um, so we've been looking at that with these kind of fake news headlines before. And we found that people can create these false memories from it. Um, so in the study that we, we just published in Psychological Science yesterday, um, what we did was we looked at, uh, in 2018, there was a, a referendum in Ireland to legalize abortion. So abortion was banned um, in it with a constitutional amendment, and the referendum was to remove that amendment and allow for legalization of abortion. Um, as you can imagine, it was a a very contentious topic. Right. There's a huge amount of discussion about it. it you know, it's the same as the same situation as it would be uh, in the US. A, a very very contentious is- issue. Um, so we decided this was a perfect situation to examine the effects of, of, of kind of people's political ideology on forming fake news, on forming false memories from fake news. Um, so what we did was we got about three thousand participants, which is about one in every thousand voters in Ireland, so it was a pretty big sample. Um, And we showed them uh, news stories from the the campaign, so stories about the pro-choice side of the campaign and stories about the pro-life side. Um, And mixed in with those true stories, we put in some fake ones that we had made up on the spot. Mm. And that they were kind of fake stories that talked about um, scandals that campaign operatives had been involved in, but they weren't true at all. And we asked people, you know, do you remember this? 
Um, and if you do remember it, you know, where did you hear about it? Where did you see it? How did you feel about it at the time? And what we found was what you maybe you might predict was that people were more likely to, much more likely to form false memories that aligned with their political beliefs. So that means if you were intending to vote yes, you wanted to uh, change the constitution and legalize abortion, you were much more likely to remember a scandal about the, the no campaign, about the people who wanted to retain um, that protection in, in the constitution, um, and vice versa. So you were much more likely to have that false memory that aligned with your perspective and that cast aspersions on the other side. Wow, this is uh, this is just fascinating research. If you're just joining us, we have Dr. Kiara Green, uh, who's the co-author of the study titled "Fake News Can Lead to Fake Memories," uh, joining us live from Dublin, Ireland today. Uh, and we've got just a, a minute or so left. Uh, what would you, what would you say to people in terms of what they should watch out for, both as it relates to fake news, but also to make sure they're not buying in or constructing, as you said, uh, a false memory. Yeah, well, it's a really, it's a really tricky issue because what we find is that these fake memories are are really, really um, persistent. And even if you warn people that they might be fake, we tell them afterwards, "Hey, some of these stories might be false," and we find that people find it very, very difficult, they're very resistant um, to retracting that memory to realize, just realizing it isn't true. So once you've got that memory in there, it's really hard to get rid of it because it now feels like integral to you. It feels like a part of your your brain, a part of your memory. So the, the one thing that we really can try and do is try to be more critical consumers of news in the first place, to try and say, okay, I instinctively want to believe this story because it aligns with my political beliefs, but I need to take a step back. And remember I mentioned earlier how we have these two different ways of assessing information. One is very quick and one is more slow and controlled. So we need to try and kick in that slow control process, that we take a step back and say, hang on, I would like this to be true. I wish this was true. But do I really think it is true? Does it actually fit? Does it, does it make sense? Does it fit with other information? Where am I hearing it? What's the source? And really, really think about it before you kind of start deciding that this must be true and therefore it, it's going to form a part of your views about the other side. Oh, that is uh, that is great wisdom and great counsel for all of us on a Thursday, <laughs> and especially for those of us here in the United States where we're uh, <laughs> battling a lot of this. Dr. Kiara Green, thank you so much for joining us uh, live from Dublin today. Uh, we'll definitely have you back. I want to do a deeper dive on this uh, later on. That's great. Thanks very much for having me. All right. All the best. Okay, again, Dr. Kiara Green, co-author of the study, Fake News Can Lead to Fake Memories. Uh, Really fascinating stuff. We'll break this down a little bit more when we come back. Uh, We're going to go ahead and step inside. And when we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Andy Field from ABC, breaking down what's the economy look like, what's the president's gambit with the economy and jobs rolling into 2020. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. Much more to come. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.